so and there's this, this evangelist named Billy Graham. Billy Graham said that a coach will impact more students in a lifetime than anyone else. But I, I'm going to take it a step further. I'm going to say a good coach will have a great impact on more people than anyone else in a lifetime. So here at the Coaches Co-op, I like to introduce you to good coaches. And I, I got a good one today. So let me let me introduce him. Today's guest is knocking on the door of coaching immortality. He will crack the 500 win mark at some point during the 23-24 season. He's, he began his coaching career coaching boys and girls at New Waverly. But if I remember correctly, I believe I remember this brother coaching at the YMCA on Ella Boulevard way back in the day. Is that right, Coach? True story. True story. Uh, yeah. Listen, 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 man, the greats come from everywhere. So listen, <laughs> he made three consecutive state final appearances while at New Waverly on the boys' side from twenty, from 2008 to 2010. He made a stop in Longview before his current stop. So I need y'all to please welcome New Waverly's finest and Westfield High School boys basketball coach, Billy Goffney. Coach, how you doing today, brother? I'm, I'm doing well, man. Glad to be here. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. Man, I'm glad you're here. I appreciate you sharing your time, man. I really appreciate you sharing your time. All right, coach. Listen, so we dive right in, man. So let's talk about you. So I want, here's the first thing I want to ask. When did you know that you wanted to be a coach? Um, uh, probably in the seventh grade, man. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll touch on some things as, as we go on through the podcast, but, in, and, and really what we're talking about now, those coaches that impact you at an early age, uh, my seventh grade coach, uh, was that guy that I wanted to emulate and, and wanted to be like, and uh, he just had a profound impact on me as a 12, 13-year-old. Um, and so I kind of knew that I wanted to have that same effect uh, on kids and, 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 and be a part of the game much like he was uh, way back when. And uh, Kenneth Gillum, he was he, – he's – He's my mentor and it's kind of been my, and still is my mentor actually. So we still have a good relationship. So, you know, I always wanted to be a, a part of the game and, and be able to be spoken of in that way. You know, it didn't, it wasn't as clear as a 12 year old, but as I got into it and started doing it, that became my purpose and my calling for it. Man, coach, I'm glad you said that because coaching is a calling definitely the the most successful coaches those that i've come across they they treat the the profession as more than just a job it's, it's a calling so one of one of the potential discussion questions i ask is about mentors so you just mentioned uh that coach gillum is that his name yes all right coach gillum was one of your mentors so he was your junior high coach he was my junior high coach his first year and actually our stories are a lot similar uh, he's a New Waverly guy, born and raised, and then he came back to coach. My seventh grade year was his first uh, year back in New Waverly, and uh, he coached us seventh and eighth grade basketball. But you know, at those smaller schools, he's a coach all the way through. Uh, yeah. He wasn't a yeah. high school head coach, but he was, you know, on the high school staff and worked with us all the way through. He coached in football, basketball, and you know everything at the school that we participated in. He was a part of that. Okay. 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 So coach, man, when I see you, you know, 
Hooper's got like a little a little walk to him, a little swag when they walk. So man, you know, I I know Coach Goffney a little bit. I you know I've been knowing him a few years. So Coach Man, you got that Hooper walk. <laughs> so so were you a Hooper back in the day? Yeah, man. Uh, I like to brag on the wave a little bit, and and I say it's one of those last bastions that's a, a town that's an actual basketball community you, you know texas is a football state of course but you got these little pods around in the area and it, we we were successful in all sports but we we considered ourselves a basketball town so you know we grew up playing this game you know it doesn't matter how much work we had to do at the end of the day it finished up with us somewhere on a dirt court or we ride bikes wherever we needed to to get on some concrete but we had did what we had to do to get to the game so i played basketball uh all through high school and i was able to walk on at lamar university my freshman year um and played there for a season uh, we did a, a what they called a jv travel score where we played some local jucos and and got that but my sophomore year, we got caught up in a coaching change. and He wiped everybody out. Um, so that ended my coaching career, but I was in love with college by then anyway. So uh, the, the the basketball part of it stopped, and I replaced it with college life. Okay, okay. So that was the end of your playing career. Yeah. All right. All right. So, man, uh, I haven't asked anybody this question yet, so you can be the first person I ask this question. So if you had to have a, a Mount Rushmore of coaches, right? So coaches, right. you know, either they coached you or just coaches that, you know, you've had the chance to observe. Hold, hold on one second, man. My dog is in here messing up. <laughs> Move, man. He in here bumping the camera, moving the camera all around. Doggone menace, man. Look at this. We just, we just going to have to roll. We just going to have to roll with it like this because he didn't jack the camera up, man. Um, so coaches Mount Rushmore, who would you put on your, your Mount Rushmore of coaches? Um, my, of course, the, the great John Thompson and the great Nolan Richardson. Those are my two definitely at the top. And then, uh, yes, being, uh, in the Houston area, I'm a, I always been a big fan of, uh, Agave Lewis, of course, okay. the five summer jamma days and, uh, I'm a Duke fan, so I got to okay. put Coach K up there. Uh, okay, that's okay. that's my my rush more of on the college level. And I'm a college basketball fan. I, I like the game. I still feel like it's some some purity to it on that level. Uh, and I can't take all the commercial stops and all this commercialization of the NBA. So I'm a college guy, and so that's that's what I love, and that's what I love to watch. Uh, okay, and, and so those are my guys. Man, that's 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 a good list. Matter of fact, um, somebody is gifting me a book, and the book I'm getting is uh, "I Came as a Shadow," John Thompson's book. Of course. So yeah, man, definitely. Yes. Sir. Listen, huge Georgetown Hoyer fan. Huge Georgetown Hoyer fan. Man, uh, 40, 40 minutes of hell. Um, be, not being a a native of Texas. I don't know a whole lot about Guy V. Lewis, right? I know about Five Slamma Jamma. You know, I've watched, I want to say they had a 30 for 30 on them. So I, I watched that. But that's that's the most in-depth I can probably go with them. Uh, and I'm going to tell you, man, it took a long time for Coach K to grow on me, man. Yeah. Because, I, man, but so much respect. So much respect for the greats 
like like him, you know, because man, I'm, I'm I still don't cheer for Duke, right? Even when he <laughs> even before he retired, you know, I couldn't man, I could not root for Duke, but but had so much respect, man, for for Coach K and the type of coach he is. Coach, that's a good list, man. All right, so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. When it comes to coaching, what is your why? And a two-part question. When it comes to coaching, what is your why? And then the second part is, how did you develop your coaching philosophy? Um, I think my why is, is family. Um, and I say that why I do it is the relationship that, you know, coming going into my 29th year, the relationship that I've built with these kids over 29 years, you know, when, and I've coached girls and boys. And so when I, you know, still being able to see so many of them because I'm going back home, I did it. I coached there for 15 years. And so when I, can go back in a situation and I can stand there and and talk with some of my former kids and they can tell me, they can tell their kids about what a nature hike is and and that bus trip and what coach Goffney did and what coach Goffney said, just being able to have that positive influence on kids. Um, And then, you know, the, the part of it that, you know, you can see them instilling in their kids, what you instilled in them, because, you know, we, we deal with so many kids who I was such a father figure uh, for so many of them. So it's not about the X's and O's and on the course. It was just the fact that I could give them an image to see what a lot of them didn't see. Uh, you know, as far as that being that positive black male in their life uh, and, and giving them that opportunity to have a model to model, you know, their kids after, whether it be female or male, you know, and just the fact that, my phone still is full of my kids that I coached 20 years ago who still call me and, and, and ask for advice and, and remember that one thing that you told me. Uh, and, and so that's my why, just that that relationship that comes from it. Okay, man, that's good. So before we get to part two of that question, year 29, coach? Year 29. I started in 94, man. I, I don't know where it went. Wow. I don't know wow. where I, I got my first job right out of college, went back to New Waverly and stayed there for 15. And, uh, you know, I did a long view for six and this is my completed my sixth year at, at, uh, Westfield. So yeah, okay. Man, it flies. Wow. Yeah. 29 years, man. I, coach, I never would have guessed that, man. I never would have guessed 29, but you, you said something that I, I, I want you to, to, to talk about a little bit, this nature hike. Yeah. Talk about the nature hike, coach. You, you well, tried to kind of you tried to kind of slide that in there. I'm like, no, nah, we talk, talk about the nature hike. <laughs> well, you know, being out there in in that rural type area, we had, you know, we, we went and that was the first thing that we did every day, and that goes back to my coaching because he would put us out, and it didn't matter how cold it was, he's gonna put us in some sweats, and we ran this trail that went around town and down. It was about three and a half, uh, almost four miles. Uh, if you did the whole thing, but we were going to get out and we were going to hit that nature hike. And it was the first mile of it was pretty much all downhill. And uh, so when we get down to that last big loop and then they turn around and now you running a mile back up the hill. So it was depending how Ooh. I feel. And most of the time I'm in the car, I'm driving behind them. 
Okay. And, uh, or on a bike. I never ran it with it myself because I ran it enough time in high school myself. But then we could, right. at times, we could make a right when we got back up to the top of the hill and go all the way around the town. And that's, you know, that's the beauty of growing up in those type areas. You can do stuff like that that we can't do out here off of Ella Boulevard. But, um, you know, so we would loop and go all the way around town, come back down beside the railroad tracks. And, you know, you passing by people's houses and, and uh, you know, they would see and wave, and it was just a part of that yeah. whole atmosphere. So it was it was a cross-country course, basically. And I just, when I got back to it, we called it the Nature Hike. We named it, and uh, it's a new Waverly legend right now. Listen, Coach, I, I, can, I, I can tell. I know. Because you ran it, your kids yeah. ran it, and they still running it. I'm sure. I'm sure. I, 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 I bet good money that they still running it. That's good stuff, Coach. Yeah. That that's good did. stuff that's good stuff that's how you build man that's how you build community so yeah. one of the things i always tell people is like man it's, it's more than basketball it's community i think yeah. i think if we do it if we do it the right way it's community all right coach how did you develop your coaching philosophy so you you start fresh out of college yeah at new waverly then you you know coach on the girl side coach on the boy side long view and now you're at westfield so over 29 years, how did you develop your philosophy? Yeah. Well, when I got back, uh, I knew, you know, you know, we all probably go back to how we played in high school, which, uh, and it stayed with us because we, you know, we were running gun up and down pressure. We, you know, our whole deal, every time we hit the court, we just got to drop that dollar. We was going for that bill every time we could get on the court. So that was our philosophy <laughs> from day one with the Buster clock. Yeah. And, you know, so you enjoy that type of basketball. And we were so free. That's one thing I can say about my coach is that he let us play. Um, and, and, and we could play the game. We could, you know, we knew each other so well because we've been playing together for so long. So we would get out there and get up and down. So I knew ingrained in me from, from my high school day that that's what I wanted to do. Uh, I had a, a year of real structured basketball at Lamar and I knew that that really wasn't my type of game. So mm -hmm. uh, when I got back, here's the thing though, it was that one time in New Waverly basketball history where we didn't really have a true basketball coach. Some things that happened right before I came back, right before I graduated and the basketball coach ended up leaving. So the football coach, one of the football coaches took over and he was a defensive coordinator. He was a football coach. He knew yeah. a little bit of basketball, but he wasn't a basketball coach. So, and we were, uh, so when I got the job, I was a head junior high uh, boy, seventh and eighth grade basketball. And of course you coached everything else at the school, but I knew, you know, with those kids coming through, we automatically going into that diamond press and getting out there, teaching them to break and, you know, getting after it. So that was a, my coming in and you know at junior high you can do a lot of things so I really yeah. wasn't an assistant that's my thing I've never been an assistant coach in a, a a good system I guess you could say so I had to develop a lot of stuff on my own so I read a lot of books I you know we didn't have access to all this YouTube stuff like you do right now so right you know, I was always a student of the game uh, some some teams in the areas that I liked and I watched and I you know studied and I, I brought a lot my head coach played at Sam Houston um, and so we had we did some good stuff in high school, but like I say, he didn't bridle us down with a bunch of sets and stuff. And so I did a lot on the junior high level. I mean, we were hell on junior high. 
and uh you know i had a, a great group of kids to go with it um so i, I dibble and dabble with the press and you know you, you know how it is mike when you coaching and then certain things just come to you yeah yeah i'm, I'm that kind of guy i don't i might you know it's just okay boom if i do this right here and i do this right and i just started drawing in the dirt with them and then in 2000 I was kind of ready to move around and, and get back a little because I was living in Houston by now. And so I wanted to kind of get into a, a, a better situation as far as financially uh, get a little pay raise and, and still coach. So my my athletic director, hey, man, I need you here. You know, the girls job is coming open. Do you want you want to be the head girls coach? And, and my thing is, I just wanted a head job. And. So yeah, I take the girls' job, and and perhaps probably one of the developmental wise the best five years of the game for me, because okay. that's where okay. the stuff that I do right now that five years, and I had a group of girls who enabled me to, you know, create and draw in the dirt and scratch it out and change it, and just really perfect my style of basketball that I wanted to play. Because one, you know, was yourself. Once you get some girls to buy in, you got your son. That's it. They're gonna run so, through a wall for you. Right. We 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 had to play a different way than what I wanted to my first two years because we were so big. I mean, it's probably one of the biggest girls teams I had, and they were slow. And so I had to, you know, go back to drawing in the dirt and I kind of developed my my half court trap that I run because we were long and really got back into the angles and stuff like that. So I kind of perfected mm-hmm. my half court mm-hmm. stuff. And my one three one zone defense with that big group of girls, and then we did that for two years, and then all of those big ones graduated. Now I got a bunch of rabbits. Yeah, yeah. And here go the nature hikes. Really, the times on the nature hikes start shrinking, so they can run. So our third year, we back in the lab. We two two years in the playoffs, uh, and we still playing like we had those big girls though. And. This ain't working for us. We can't throw it into the post. We can't swing yeah, it on the yeah. wing. Um, so we had to, oh, we go in halftime. I never will forget. I said, look, forget this. I said, everybody get somebody. And I said, I don't care who it is. We're not trying to find a matchup. I said, get on them. And I said, I want to know what kind of gum they chewing for the next 16 minutes. No help. No nothing. I said, we out of the zone. We, we're not trying to trap that half. We're just going to get up in that grill. So, and that's what they did. And yeah. we didn't let them breathe. And so, it's, next day, you know, it's down. We down 10. Next day, you know, we up 10. And it just never stopped from there. So, I had that group of girls uh, for that three years. And so, you know, I put in a zone press. And then I developed my own version of the running jump, which is I've mm-hmm. done a couple of clinics on it. It's kind of unorthodox. But it's mine, and then just like any zone or any defense you play, if your kids understand it and know where to be. You can rock and roll work. with it. Yeah. yeah. Now, some of my rules, you'd be like, what? But those are my rules, and that's what they they understood. And so we we call it 21, 20 and 21. We full court man, getting back, and just going straight man. And then when we get in our 21, we're going to trap the first pass you make in, in cross half court. And yeah. then we just added a couple of other simple rules. If you dribble into the corners, we treat a dribble entry to the corner just like a pass to the corner. And, you know, and so they understand the rule. It was if you're behind it, go tip. If you're beside it, go trap. If you're in front of it, stay with your man. You're the intercept. 
And so I simplified it down to the basic rules and they understood. Yeah. And so when I moved over to the boys side in 05, it was kind of the same situation. I was looking, I wanted a boy job. All my homeboys are head basketball coaches on the guys' side. I love the girls, but I kind of wanted to get on the boys' side. Yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, so in 05, it was the same thing. I like, look, man, Hancock leaving, you want the boys' job. Yeah, I do. And so that was, you know, the five straight uh, district championships. And then so the long way around that question, I was able to draw in the dirt and, and make mistakes and had the kind of kids who would enable my mistakes to turn into something good because they believed in what we were doing and they did it full speed. It's, you know, like you always say, you can mess yeah. up and mess up full speed and that's what they did. So we were able to, uh, you know, I was able to formulate, I got a pressure man defense and this is what I'm going to do in that. You know, offensively, this is what we're going to do. And I, I was a dribble drive guy when it first came out and, uh, I've had to run a little bit more set wise since I've been at Westfield on this level, but you know, that's how I developed it up because coming in, I was able, I had the freedom to just really do it. Like I wanted to do it. I bought a lot of tapes and I just kind of pulled and picked and, you know, talked with my, my coaching circle. And, and, and that's what we came up with. That's good stuff. What I, I wrote here in my notes, man, student of the game, student of the game. You gotta be, you can't cheat the game. Right. You can't cheat the game. So let me ask you this. You said, you know, you, you've kind of had to go to more sets um, since you've been at Westfield, since since you've been on this level. What led to that change? Well, uh, just, you know, when you on the, especially on the 6 a level, number one, the guard play is so good. Uh, but then when you didn't, you, you in order to do that, you know, you need an elite level of athletes who can just get out there and go for, you know, 32 minutes. And yeah. we just, you know, you have to, coaching is just being a student of the game is being able to adapt. So I had to adapt a little bit more to what I had. I had a, a big kid who could fill it up inside. And I had, you know, some, some kids along the way who could shoot the basketball more and, you know, but they weren't that running and trapping type of kid. I wanted to, I tried yeah. to. Yeah. But, you know, I, I had to just relent that, hey, man, these kids aren't really built for that. They don't have that mentality. Because the good thing about it, going back for a second, is those kids I had at New Waverly that I made those state tournament runs with, I had them as third graders. I had them in PE. That's the thing yeah. about those schools. Yeah, I had yeah, them, yeah. Boom, and I had them in junior high, and then I became the high school coach that I had them in basketball. And a great story is one of the kids – as we were getting ready to go to state for the first time and they interviewed him and we were talking, they were third graders. And he said, well, you know, we already had played in the state tournament before coach Goffman threw a tournament. We, we had a state tournament when we were in the third grade. And uh, I used to tell them all the time, some somewhere in the state of Texas, somebody going to be a state champion. And they right here in the third grade with y'all and they working like that. Yeah. So it was kind of like, you know, I had those kids brainwashed a certain way. And that's yeah, all yeah. they knew. You know, we didn't have all that AAU basketball back then and a lot of different coaches in their lives. Every year they playing for this guy and this guy and this guy. You know, they played basketball at New Waverly. They played basketball in PE and at the high school. And, and that's where they played the game at. And so yeah. it was one of the, And that's – I really hated to leave uh, because you have that form system. That's special. All one way from, you know, from bottom to top. That's so, special, man. Yeah, most definitely. 
Most That's definitely. special. That's special. Listen, I, I love, you know, I, I always <laughs> wanted to coach boys, but I'm a girls coach. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, man, I love I love you sharing that story, you know, that you started coaching girls. I've been in it so long, man, that it's kind of, I didn't find my niche. Right. You know what I'm saying? But, man, I appreciate you sharing that story, man. All right, Coach. Yeah, I loved it, man. I loved it. I loved it. I, I've I've had some great teams, but and, and buying in is one thing, but you still got, when you're dealing with boys, it's still a, a show factor that you got to deal with. With them girls. Yeah. They just buy in and it, okay, coach, run through that wall and then make a left. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's what they did. Yeah, that's, you know? man, that's what's up. That's what's up. Listen, if y'all listening, man, Coach Goffney is really, he giving y'all 29 years of wisdom. So if you listening or if you're going to be watching on YouTube, I'm telling you, man, this is 29 years of wisdom. Sometimes it takes drawing in the dirt. Yeah. Man, that coach, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Hey, let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. I remember personally, man, I was coaching JV, getting out coached. Close game, came down to the end, and I was like, dang, she got me. Do you remember the first time you out coached? <laughs> yeah. Um it it was it was my girl year. This was back in that that first year of coaching, when I I first said that I just flat I didn't have us prepared to play, and it was my first playoff game, and we just weren't ready. Like I said, we we weren't that pressing type just then. Uh, I had been used to just running over everybody in junior high, and you know our press was the best press. But I realized that I hadn't prepared my team to handle a 2-2-1 trap. And we were in uh, Sam Houston Coliseum. We had a playoff game against East Chambers. And East Chambers is a girls basketball power in, in that day. And we mm -hmm. were in the Coliseum first playoff game. I'm GQ smooth. And they put it on us. And it wasn't nothing I could do. Yeah. And then the second, that, that was my first time. But the first time that I really felt like that, though, well, not the first time, but the second time and the most profound on me was my first state tournament appearance. And we were playing Jim Ned in that game. And they broke our press. And we had to get out of it. And then we went man. And they bust our head. We went zone, and it was just nothing that I could do to slow them down. And then that's when I realized that you can press all that, but you better be able to play solid half-court man defense. You better be able to stop somebody on defense. And after that, we would run you but to the ground. But those next two years, I was like, you know, and 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 playing on that level, two A, three A level, it's gonna be some games where people just can't play with you. And so I would like, listen, I'm done with all that pressing. This half, Coach, I need you to come out and I need you to man me up so we can work on running our offense. And I need to get out of the press. I'm going to get out of it, and I need to make sure my kids can play defense. Because that time in the district, we were, you know, 36-0 and 0 in in, uh, in district, and, and nobody had, you know, could come close to us. So I had to prepare them for that. So that would never happen again. I tell my home, but I felt like I was standing on the state championship floor butt naked. 
because we couldn't do nothing defensively when we got to that level of kid and, and they were just you know and and i would never be caught where I, we couldn't play defense again in the half court and that's the thing about that I, my philosophy is about the, the pressure and up tempo but we're gonna be able to play you some man we'll be able to play you a 20 which is our full court man defense that's where i started at i used to start in with these shell drills and doing all this press stuff but now you know, I go around to the junior highs a lot <clears throat> and try to get my man principals in with them down there so that they've heard the terminology. And, and you know, I have several eighth graders in the gym with us now. And, uh, you know, we learn how to play man defense first. That's, that's good. That's good. Yeah. You got man. Listen, my high school coach was a defensive genius, defensive mastermind, man. So I, I, I have been a defense first guy. Um, until I'm still a defense first guy. I was having this conversation yesterday until one year, man, it might've been my first year as a head coach. We lost a game 28 to 22. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, man, we're going to have to, we're going to have to work on offense a little bit more. Cause the D the defense, all right, but this 22 points, man, that was, terrible. Yeah. that was absolutely terrible, man. That was absolutely terrible coach, man. I appreciate you sharing that. Listen, let me ask one last question. And then we're going to transition into into the the end of this conversation do you ever lose sleep during the season what the question should say do you sleep during the season okay okay <laughs> and the answer would be no i don't sleep but to answer your question yeah I, I i definitely lose sleep coach and there's nothing i can do coach i got a built-in alarm clock that say 4 30 in my head yes sir <clears throat> and probably yes, sir. 10 years coach it would be 429 or 431. <laughs> Most yep. of the time, 430. I'm up wide awake until one or two minutes before it's time for the alarm clock to go off. Yeah. And what I need to do. What I need to do today in the period. What do I need? What you know, what we and I mean, even when we were at our best, and I knew it, it I I just can't sleep. This, yeah. That's why these are here now. You know, yeah. this is 29, 20 years, 22 years of, of waking up at 430 in the morning, ready to go. I was, you know, from a rest spot potential. I mean, one of the state championship games, because I literally fell asleep with my head in the play. I crashed out at the table. Oh, man. Yeah, because it was tough. Because I at that time, I was coaching football, too. So, you oh, know, yeah. you get out of football, yeah. you're physically tired. Yeah, yeah. And then you go a couple of rounds in the playoffs, and then you in there – you know, it's number one team in the state, and and uh, with that pressure that comes along with that, now that mental part of it comes in. You're already physically tired because you've been out yeah. there in the heat since August. Yeah, and yeah. So you know, and then you're not sleeping good. So yeah. it's, it's, it's it's some stresses that go along with it. I man, the season is. I thought the first time I was fortunate to to have a, a, a decent playoff run where we played a few rounds, man, I, I had no idea how exhausting that would be. Yeah. And why and it was fun, but I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I think at the end of it, I was more tired than I had fun. You know, yeah. just man, the, the preparation, the, the grind that had to go into all of that. Yeah, That's good man. stuff. Coach, that's good stuff. All right, coach, check this out, man. We, we're gonna play a game real quick. You ready for this? Yeah, I got you. Hold on, let me find let me find my 
I didn't lost my doggone index card. All right, coach, I'm gonna ask you just five random questions, man. Sound like they drag racing out there. Good. Now here they go. All right. So, man, this question I ask everybody. I ask everybody that come on the podcast this question. All right. If you could have a superpower, what would it be and why? <laughs> Are these basketball related or just general? No, just in in general. It could be general. Could be basketball related. Listen, the first thing that comes to mind. That's what I want you to spit out. <laughs> Oh, man, I want to fly, man. Superman. Okay. I want to okay. Be able to fly. All right, coach, what's your biggest pet peeve? Now, this one in basketball. I want you to be real specific to basketball on this one. What's your biggest pet peeve? Balls on the floor. Oh. Balls on the floor. I hate balls on the floor. Oh. We got five racks. Why is it a ball laying on the floor? Man, listen. But you know what? In all of the things that we have to teach as coaches, that's one of the things we got to teach. Yeah. That and so seniors are responsible for basketballs with us. So seniors, y'all, y'all, y'all are responsible for getting the balls, making sure all the balls are on the rack, putting the balls away. Man, the seniors will bring the rack in the gym and leave that thing in the furthest corner. Yeah. Leave it in the furthest corner. So I have to today, this morning, we in sports specific this morning, I'm like, hey. Why don't y'all just bring the rack up to half court? Just put it at half court. But, man, yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy. I, I'm saying, why don't y'all bring them all out and put one at half, one on that half, and one on each end? That, that's Every easy. time, all right, rack them, all you see is balls rolling. Balls rolling. Yep. Man. Go ahead, man. No, no, just don't. No, you, you put your ball up. You are responsible for putting your ball up. Anyway, all right, yeah. Coach, question number three. Coach, who was your childhood hero? My childhood hero, my daddy, man. My That's daddy. what's up. Uh, I, I, my dad's a good dude, man. He's a hardworking man. He didn't let me be lazy. Uh, he bust my head when it needed to be busted, and uh, you know he 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 was firm but fair. Man, sound firm like your fair. pops and my pops know each other, man. Yeah, same thing, same thing. All right, coach. Two more questions. If you could have dinner with anyone in the world, anybody in the world, dead or alive, who would it be? I'd like to sit down with President Obama, man. Okay. I, I, okay. I watched him. You you talked about that basketball swag. I'd just like to be in the presence of, of that swagger that he has and that, that, that drip that he has, but at the same time can run a country, man. I could learn something from that dude. No doubt about it, man. No doubt about it. All right, Coach, last question right here. Last question. What's at the top of your bucket list? <laughs> a state championship, man. There it I, is. I, I, I've skated around that joker so many times, you just don't know, man. Um, and that's the one thing that got away from me. Yeah, and uh, it's been it's an elusive thing, and it's it's uh, it just doesn't happen. You know, I, we've been fortunate enough to be there, but there's so many that don't even know what that. When you get there and you're in that final four, uh, and you know we were a bucket away from Heisen, and just one turnover that changed the whole game for us, man. And you know I'm talking about right there where it's, yeah. So that that haunts me, man. That's that 4:30 right there. Yeah, that's man. That's heartbreaking. Dang. Yeah, bro. 
Dang, let me ask you this, because because I, I heard I heard a coach say this one time, man. So if you had to choose between twenty district championships and one state championship, what you taking? <laughs> I put it like this. I probably got almost twenty. Yeah. But I'm still hollow over here as far as when that go, because I want to be like, we got rings in, in other sports, but I don't have one with that on my hand. Okay. Uh, you know, I got a couple in there from, from you know, different other sports, man, but I want that championship. Give me one district championship and one state championship, and I can call it a career. There I got the district not, you know, those you can't well I say that you can't win state without winning district. So yeah, give me one state championship. Okay. Okay. Just just wondering. Just wondering. All right, coach. Man, we're in crunch time. We're in crunch time. All right, coach. So I'm gonna ask you, we got a four, a three, a two, and a one. All right. So the four is four quarters. I'm gonna ask you four questions. Here's the first one. If you could be anything other than a coach, what would you be? Um I would probably be an attorney. I okay. like I like the uh, the law and arguing and and uh, would you know want to want to help fight some of these injustices that we that we have to face. So I would I would law enforcement, either a lawyer or, or a policeman. That's okay, all right. Second quarter. Okay, second quarter. What's the easiest thing about the job that nobody really knows? <laughs> The easiest thing about the job is is the relationship you have with the kids. Uh, you know that's the easy part of, of of connecting with them, motivating them. That's the easy part of it. Uh, you know, being a people person, and you know, naturally gravitating to kids, and kids naturally gravitating to you. It's it's a hard job for some people who your personality is so rough. Mm-hmm. My personality is so rough, but I'm still so personal because they know. No matter how hard I am on them that day, I'll still buy them a cheeseburger and take them home. Yeah. You know, and so that relationship building part of it is always came pretty easy to me. Okay. Third quarter. What's the toughest thing about the job that nobody really knows? Uh, I think the toughest part of it, especially in these days, is channeling the kid being able to turn off what he's done since the season ended and getting him back in tune to what you're doing as a program and at the school that you attend it's hard sometimes because you know kids get offers and 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 you know they get a phone call or, or mentioned on a website and now you think that's how it goes i can practice twice and play 76 games and I'm, oh. it's, it's working for me. You know, yeah. now when I get back and I need to try to get an hour and 45 minutes out of you, five, six days a week, it gets tedious and tough. So it's hard keeping their attention. Okay. Uh, it's one of the toughest parts for me. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's them uh, progress problems, man, when you got these high-level kids like that. All right, yes. y'all take notes. All right, fourth quarter, Coach. Who's got the tougher job, coaches or officials? <laughs> so before before you answer all right so you're my third basketball coach right you're my third mm-hmm. basketball coach so right now it's one to one one said officials one said coaches 
So out of three, you you about to be the tiebreaker so far. What you got? Oh, definitely we had a tough job. Definitely. Uh, he said definitely. definitely. We had a tough job. We, we had a tough job because we have so much riding on this. I referee myself. I referee volleyball, and, and, and I know the tough part of basketball. That's why I very rarely do it now, and I just love and stick with volleyball because your pressure comes from the stands. You know, mm-hmm. but like I told the guy, you didn't wake up at four thirty this morning trying to figure out how to beat these guys, and yeah. now you you know you you sitting here and, and you know I say it all the time, and I don't want to rub anybody's the wrong way when I say this, but you know this is you don't have to be a professional to be a basketball official. This is one of the only situations where a professional is is, is governed by a non-professional in a lot of cases. Yes. You know, when I was up in New Wave, I had a lot of guys who worked for TDC in that chapter up there, and they came in in the gyms a lot of times with some very condescending attitudes because that's what they've been doing all day. Yeah. You know, but I put a lot into uh, this game that we're playing right now. You're going to play, and you're going to go, and you're going to blow a call, and you're not going to lose one one hour to sleep over But it could cost me a season. It could cost me a district championship. It could cost me, you know – uh, a lot of things, you know. Yeah, yeah. We got way more riding on, so I would definitely say the coach. Okay, man. I listen. I, I I agree with you. I definitely agree with you. All right, coach. That was good stuff, man. That was good stuff. So that was four quarters. All right, coach. Three in the key. Give us three things that all coaches need. Three things that all coaches need. What you got? A good coaching circle. Okay. A good coaching circle, good friend who knows more than you. You no don't doubt. ever want to be the smartest in the group. No you doubt. You got to have somebody in your circle that you can call and say, hey, Doc, you know, this is what's going on. What, what do you do when? All right. And then you got to have confidence in what you're doing. You got to believe it. For In order for those kids to believe it, you got to believe it. That's what's up. And you got to bring that positivity and, and confidence into the practice every day and then i'm gonna sum it up as one thing these are our core things but you gotta have energy effort and enthusiasm you gotta bring it every day you know that's what's up i tell them all the time like i told them this morning i can't keep leaving out of here on stroke level <laughs> you know what i mean but yeah, i come yeah. in every day and i leave out on stroke level because you know i'm that passionate about it and i'm i'm, I'm that intense in what i do uh so you gotta have that that passion and drive with it that's good. That's good stuff, coach. All right. Two shots. Two shots. Two of the most foul things that you have experienced as a coach. Two of the most foul things that you've experienced as a coach. What you got for us? Man, I I, I, compl- I had a game just completely taken away from me by an official. I mean, he just sit there and it's a tight ball game and we're coming down to a stretch and it was it was a tie game and the referee Cleveland had the ball, and they were going to dribble down and take one shot. So, and I was going to sit there and let them take it. They, we in a zone. They ain't here to jump all night. So, I'm going to sit in there and let mm-hmm. y'all take this jump shot and miss it, then we'll go into overtime. So, I'm sitting there at half court, and then the clock is just running. Running, running, running. And I look up at the referee. I was kind of down on the knee, and the referee is standing there. And he's standing there with his hand up with a ball fist. And so I asked him, I said, hey, ref, 
Why you got your fist up? What are you about to call? He put it down real quick. Now the clock oh, is just still ticking. Oh man. The clock is still ticking. And all of a sudden he just blows the whistle. Burp, runs down. And <laughs> they huddle up and talk. And he can, I promise you, I hadn't said a word. He runs back over to the table. He says, uh, I got a technical foul on the red coach, two shots. And I had sat down next to my sister. I said, ain't no telling what he finna call. He comes back and says, I have a technical foul on the red coach, two shots. And goes back. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm jumping up. I'm like, man, what the heck is going on? What are you talking about? What What are you taking me for? What? Because I, I asked you why you got your fist up. So the, the coach come on, the one of the refs come over there, coach, coach, just chill. I said, no, but time out. I said, I got a right to know what I am getting a technical foul for. He said, you right, coach, you right. So they go back down there and huddle up again. He come back to me, he said, coach, he said, um, you tapped him in his back as he was passing by. And I just look, I'm like, that was in the third quarter. Wow. When I t- He was running by me. Now, here's the deal. We were up probably 16 on him. And you know how the team go on that run? And they kind of mm-hmm. swallow their whistles for that team that's on the run. Well, when he yeah. passed by me, I was like, come on, Rev, give me one now. And that's all I did in the third wow. quarter. So he called the tech, and they hit both free throws and beat us by two. And 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 they had to drag me out the locker room because I went in there. <laughs> I was hot, man. I was, and, I, I, and then, and then probably the number one spot. And I know you can say how I could get worse than that. First year, coaching. I'm I'm in Buffalo, Texas, right up forty five, and I'm sitting yeah. in eighth grade game, eighth grade uh-huh. basketball game. We're coaching, and Buffalo was good. Buffalo was putting it on. So I'm working the ref. I'm like, hey, man, come on, man, give me that sucker, call a foul or something. And he walked over to the sideline and he put his finger about right here in my face and said, you sit down and shut up and don't say another word. And it just filled me up. But I look, and I mind, this is my first year, Fred out of college. I look at my principal. The superintendent and my junior high principal are all sitting right there in the bleachers. And I had to swallow that because I didn't know how to handle it. And to this day, I don't even know what he looked like. I don't remember. But if I saw him in church, because my principal said, I I can't believe you swallowed that. She said, I I, I know your daddy. And. And it Man. just burned me up. I didn't know how to handle it. Because my first, in, you know, was to slap slap it. Slap and I the had fire out of him. <laughs> oh, my God. So oh, every, man. Then, every, every no referee could get away with since then. But that one time, and I talk about it, man, that it could be in the church. We're going to have, we're going to, we're going to. On site. In the church, on site. On site. Hey, man, that's yeah, fine. man. Yeah, that's foul. Yeah, that's foul. And I, I, that, that's the foulest of the fouls. Man. Yeah, that's foul. Yeah. That's foul. Dang. I'm talking about like right here, man. And you don't Ooh. do that. We call, they call the chapter and then, you know, but this is junior high basketball and, you know, this is 19 and 
94. And, uh, you know, they tried to do, but I, I wanted, I looked for him for a long time, man. Man. For a long time. Yeah. The, the, the Lord has been on his side. <laughs> the Lord didn't, uh, didn't cover him up. Man. I wouldn't know him. I wouldn't know him now for nothing, but I still remember that, man. I, man. I would be like, just give me a sign, Lord. Just let me know that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Coach. Man, that's good stuff. All right, man. We down to the last thing. And one. Coach, one thing can be anything that you want to share before we exit. What you got for our watchers and listeners? Yeah, you only get one chance to do it. You know, this game that we coach, this game that we chose – all of us the same way. This profession chose us. I mean, uh, we chose this profession. This profession then chose us. So you owe it to do it the right way. You know, don't half do this stuff, man. If it if it takes you waking up at four thirty in the morning and and being there at eight thirty at night, give them every opportunity that they deserve. You know, you're gonna you're gonna lose some. It's some that's gonna come back ten years from now and say, Coach, you were right. But you got to coach him just the same. I'll close it with a little short story I had to tell one of mine because I was real rigid my first year at Westfield, and I had put a couple of kids off. And uh, we were going into the playoffs, getting ready to play Klein Forest. And I was wrestling with it. And and one thing my old college mentor told me, he said, don't make a lot of rules because then you you make a whole bunch of rules, you're going to have to follow a whole yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kind of always kept that approach. But in, at the same time in this game, you have to realize this one thing. And I was getting ready to go into that game, and I I was just wrestling with it, man. And, and I said, it came to me. After my prayer, it came. And it said, all lessons not for you to teach. Mm. Sometimes you have to let life teach you. That's good stuff, so Coach. We still talk about that. I always share that with my coaches and tell them all lessons, as much as we want to, all lessons ain't for us, us to teach. You can try and give it 100% and don't ever feel like you failed at it. Sometimes it just wasn't your lesson to teach. It'll come back around. You know, hopefully, you know, before it's too late. But all lessons not ours to teach either, though. But still give it your 100. Coach. Man, that's wisdom. I appreciate you, man, giving us your time, sharing that wisdom. So I don't care if you're watching this on YouTube, Spotify, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Man, I just want you to like, share it, subscribe, follow, what whatever it is that y'all do. Man, listen, this has been good stuff, Coach. I appreciate it. Listen, we're going we're gonna to sign off right here. This is the Coach's Co-op Podcast. My name is Michael Prejean, Coach Prejean for Billy Goffney. I just need to remind y'all that coaches do what most people can't. It's a calling. Do the best you can. Coach Goffney just told you, man, you only get one shot at this. Appreciate y'all.